All right, what is up, Amplify Podcast listeners? First off, thank you for watching. I hope you liked the last episode. And like I said, we're going to be doing it this week uh, again. So every week we're going to have a new guest. This week, though, uh, we got Jesse Jewel Thomas. And if you're watching the video, you're probably thinking, my damn, this dude's pretty swole. If you are just listening, uh, this dude has a really inspirational, cool story. And I actually listened to another podcast he was on on YouTube. And uh, I, w- I work with him here at the gym, but man, I, I can't wait to have him dive in and share his story. So, uh, Jesse, thank you first off for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, why don't you just give everyone a background? You're uh, a trainer right now. You train athletes. People want to lose weight, build muscle. Just give people a background of what you've done in the past and how you've gotten to this point now. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, training, I guess you can say kind of that goes back to college. So I got my degree uh, with the concentration of sports management. So it was a physical education major with a business minor. Um, and in um, doing that, I had to get a couple internships. Um, so I started at Athletic Republic, which is probably the leading franchise, I think, in the U.S. as far as speed and agility goes. So I started there being an athlete, playing college football, playing a ton of other sports. Like it was my passion for speed and agility and just kind of athletic performance. Um, so it kind of just that's where it kind of took off. And then I always had a dream of owning my own gym and, and being a personal trainer and doing that. So by my senior year. Um, I took a, another elective that my college just picked up, which was a uh, personal training. And that's when I, you know, got my certification back in 09. Um, so I've been training for a while now. Yeah. I, uh, I came straight out of college. I got hired full time with Athletic Republic and did that for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I started the whole fitness journey, I guess you can say. I got you. So how old are you right now? Right now I'm 32. 32 years old uh, now. So when you got out of college, as far as I know, you played, and I might mess up the sequence here, but you went and played arena football. I did. Where, where did that come in? Because at that time, you were also working somewhere. It sounded like you were on a grind in that phase of your life, driving a far way to go play. But explain that realm and how that even came about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I trained for a few years when I got fresh out of college. Um, uh, and I guess you could even say, like, Going into my senior year of football, I tore my ACL. So I had the opportunity to, or the option, I guess you could say, for my coaching staff to either go ahead and take your last couple credits online, get your degree, move on with life, or take the year off and um, come back to school and play ball. So then Athletic Republic, they hired me on full-time. I took the year off. I came back from my senior year, played football. Um, So I just did that semester. After I did that, I went back to training um, and then shortly after that, about a year into training again, found out that my wife was going to be pregnant with twins. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, it just kind of shook me up, shook my world up for a second. So I thought to myself, OK, well, you know, can you do I didn't feel like I could support a full, you know, a big family with just personal training. So then I got a job with Enterprise um, rent a car, as you say. So, yeah, and I was grinding like 60 hours a week just it was it was miserable um let me tell you it was you know had no passion for what i was doing but i felt like i could climb my way up the ladder in that business which i did um i worked for them for eight years but that first couple years that first year with them i got completely out of shape like again i was working 60 hours a week um rain sleeping or shine working at the kci airport it never closes i mean it was absolutely horrible so then you know i kind of had a gut punch um long story short 
and was like, I got to get my butt back in shape. And once I started doing that, I had some friends who were playing arena ball in the area um, for the Kansas City uh, Brigade. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they encouraged me to come out. So I went out, man, and because of work that time around, um, I didn't, I wasn't able to make it through the season. wasn't very good. But the following season, the same guys, they got traded um, to a, a team in Salina, Kansas, which is about three hours away. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it this time, which was crazy because I was still working 60 hours a week. Yeah. So it was like, all right, two days a week they practice and then games were on the weekend. So basically after work, you know, I would cut out of work a little bit early and I would drive three hours to Salina um, to go to practice for two <laughs> and then drive back home. I get home around midnight one and, you know, go back to work. That's crazy. Yeah. So th you said eight years, though. That's a long time to be with a company. Yeah. And here's what also, like, comes to my mind, too. You hadn't played football for, what, six year, eight years in that time frame of taking off when you got out of shape? Uh, no, no. So the football was maybe about two years, two years out of college. That okay. was that okay. was early, early on. So I was probably out of ball for about two years when I went back to playing arena. Okay. Well, still, even though, like, two years, like – if you haven't played football, you wouldn't understand. But And there's a lot of sports similar, but something like golf. There's people who become professional golfers at the age of 45. But I've always was thinking about when I stopped playing football, man, am I ever going to go back and play? And yeah, even after two years go by, I was thinking, I don't think my body would handle that well. Like how For anyone who has taken that amount of time off from a sport as right. physical, demanding as football – what was that like going back into that such of a contact sport? Uh, it was tough, no doubt. It was tough. Um, but, you know, I was already, again, kind of like kicking my butt to get back into shape because I had got so far out of it, um, maybe about 40 pounds overweight than I usually was, just getting working terrible work hours, eating. You know, I had a shift at the airport that was like, a night mid and day shift so you would work like three days on for 13 hours straight and then you go to nights for two nights and then you have two days off and then you go back to you know 4 a.m. in the morning so it was really bad like I really out of shape so I spent some time training and you know all I really my passion again my background was in speed and agility and sports performance training so that's what I was doing to get myself back in shape so when I actually got back on the field other than just kind of maybe a little intimidation factor, like, man, like, it's been a while since I've been out here. These yeah. guys are fresh out of college or these guys are professionals. They've been doing it for a while. Can I really hang with them? Once I kind of shook those cobwebs off, it was I was I was money again. Yeah. Now, now there's no way yeah. like, I, st I still think about it to myself like, man, can I still do it? But no, nah, you just slow down too much. The game's too fast. So that was about two years playing arena football. Yeah. Two years after that. What happened? Were you still working with the Enterprise? Yeah, yeah. So, again, that was in my earlier days with Enterprise, um, uh, around my second and third year okay. with Enterprise. Okay, yeah, I got you. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, basically, it, I just had to really come to, you know, come to Jesus moment and be like, man, like, it's time to hang the shoes up, time to hang the cleats up. You know, uh, I just always had that passion to be a professional athlete and play something. Obviously, the NFL wasn't a shot, so, you know, I wanted to make arena happen. And once I was able to do it, I was like, that was kind of like a check mark. And it was like, you know, is it worth driving three hours, you know, yeah. three days a week and, you know, after late nights of work? Um, so I just said no, and I, then I just started to kind of take the corporate work more serious and try to really, like I said, climb that ladder. So I worked with Enterprise, you know, I just 
hung it up after that for a while. So a after the football, what was your next like endeavor that you wanted to explore? Because I know there was a couple more yeah. coming up. So I am someone who is just constantly looking for something to motivate me and drive me in this and that. And, um, one day I was watching TV and I came across American Ninja Warrior. And, uh, you know, just watching the show, I'm like, I can do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> piece of cake. Like, you know, as a kid, I used to play, like, hot lava, like, don't touch the floor and climb on the monkey bars and all of that stuff. So I figured it, again, be a piece of cake. So um, somewhere, you know, Facebook or Instagram, something, I seen some scroll about a new gym that was coming to our, our you know, our area, our town that was going to offer American Ninja Warrior, like, classes and have obstacles and stuff. Um, so one day I just decided I grabbed one of my buddies was like, Hey, let's go out here and let's check this place out. And I went out and, uh, they had those, uh, the nunchucks. I don't know if you seen like just basically a wooden chuck here and you're supposed to oh, swing yeah. from chuck to chuck. I couldn't swing from chuck to chuck. Yeah. Uh, at that point I was around football weight. So I was probably about two fifteen or so. Um, and I just, for the life of me, I could not do it, but you got all these, you know, skinnier guys and the instructor, like, making it look graceful. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm an athlete. There's no reason why I shouldn't be doing yeah. it. Um, so I guess for my lack of not being able to do it, it inspired me to do it. So I just, I don't know, I took it on full head of steam, man, and I did that for, like, the next three years. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And you dropped quite a bit of weight for that, didn't you? I did. I, I, so, again, when I started, I was about 215, around 210, 215. And I uh, dropped down to 269 was my lowest. So about 40 pounds to really try to compete. Um, I, I competed at a bunch of local shows. I went to Minnesota and St. Louis and Arkansas, um, a bunch of different places and competed. Uh, and it's fun. It's a good community. And I competed on the actual NBC show twice. Okay, cool. So how, how do you manage all that? Like, how do you have time for that and still give it all your efforts with working your crazy hours, coming home to twins and a wife, like how do you do that? Yeah, um, man, it's a lot, but it's, it's, it's my passion. Like, like whenever I'm in a sport or I'm doing something, like that's my passion at the moment. Um, like anybody probably has a hobby or something like that. I just have to devote my, what little free time I have to that. And luckily, you know, my wife is very supportive and she understands that. It's kind of like lifting weights for me now. It's like, you know, Yes, I may sacrifice an hour or so at the gym after I get off work, but it's what makes me happy. So you want me to come home and be unhappy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or would you just rather me gone for one more hour to get my workout in, something that is positive, you know, it's going to make me healthy and make me happy. And then the rest of my free time is with my family. So yeah. that's kind of how I, I do it. I always say that too. Like, I'm a big believer. You got to be selfish before you can be selfless yeah. type thing. And I, I couldn't imagine not having someone because my girlfriend's very supportive too. Right. Who is not uh, understands like what that does to you and your mental health and yeah. just that's who you are. You know, it's your DNA. You have to do that. Not everyone has that thing that is their getaway, but it's so important. I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. I again, I I I couldn't be with somebody who didn't understand. Just yeah. work. Oh, for sure. So after that, after Ninja Warrior, you met some dude at a gym who was whipping whipping ass right? like <laughs> something along those lines right so yeah ex just explain that i think this is this is funny too yeah no no problem so the gym that i was going to is called chaos course it's out in Belton, missouri yeah. um 
So it originally started as a karate dojo. The two owners, um, uh, Liz and Russ um, Babcock, they are like Hall of Fame karate, like, I don't even know the word, karate. Black belts. Black belt, really yeah, yeah. People, so they're, I guess they're in like the Kansas Hall of Fame for karate or something like that. I didn't even know there was one until the day uh so there was another instructor who would come in and he would teach like grappling and some other stuff and i was in there one day and he was like hey like i see you doing american ninja warrior stuff but like he was like do you understand who these two people are who own the gym do you know how like advanced they are at what they do in the karate world and i'm like no so he, that's when he kind of like tells me about their hall of fame status and how many wars they've won and, and all of that and he was like you should you know ask them to teach you a few things while you have them like that's just why not learn from the best yeah and i was like you know what like sure i'll i'll ask him about it so i asked i went to uh, the owner russ um and i was telling him like hey man like you know i hear that like you're one of the top you know martial arts guys around the state like can you teach me some things and he was like sure like show up show up saturday like show up saturday i'm getting a group of guys together anyway you know i think it's our first week i think it'll be fun for you so i'm like all right cool so I show up on a Saturday thinking that I'm about to learn karate, right? Earn a couple, you know, belts and, you know, just kick the air and stuff like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, these dudes were getting ready to train for an MMA fight, yeah. <laughs> mixed martial arts fight. So I was like, well, I'm already here. So, you know, fuck it, let's Might do it. Well, yep. Let's do it. So that's how I got involved in the world of MMA, man. It was just kind of, it was by accident. Yeah. yeah. How, how long were you in that world for? Um, just about a year and a half, two years. Okay. I trained with them um, for, yeah, about a solid year, maybe a little bit more year and a couple months. And then um, learned as much as I could because we just had like a small group of maybe like six or seven guys who would show up. And uh, it was fun and exciting. And I was brand new to it. So you know, I had no wrestling background. I, I, when I was a younger kid, I used to box. So um, the boxing part kind of came a little bit more natural than the grappling and, and all that stuff. So I learned a lot of, you know, arm bars and stuff like that. And, but, you know, there wasn't, I guess you could say just enough competition or enough guys that who would actually be in my weight class and our group and stuff like that. So um, I kept hearing about this gym and Lee Summit, where I live, called Glory, and everybody's saying, you know, top gym, top gym in the Midwest, top gym in Missouri, for sure, hands down, um, and it's, it's ran by uh, a UFC fighter, so I went and checked them out, and I trained at their gym for about four months until I fractured my foot, um, and, uh, and just just practice, at practice, just, you know, sparring yeah. a guy. Uh, and that, that took me out of it. It was, he was a big guy. He won that battle. Yeah. So what was the difference between MMA and football? <sighs> Man, MMA, there is nothing like, like nothing like you. Uh, I love football. I love the team aspect. I love the glory. I love scoring touchdowns. Like it feels good. Um, but I've never had anything so exhilarating to MMA. Like every second you're at it, you are working to you feel like you're working to save your life, yeah. right? You know that the other guy is trying to harm you. He is trying to hurt you. So you're doing everything in your willpower to not get hurt or to do the same to him. So it's, you don't, you can, you don't have a down moment. Like yeah. you cannot ever let your guard down. You can never not hustle. You know what I mean? Like there's 11 guys on the, on the field with you in football. So, you know, I'm, if I know it's a pass play, you know, and it's the fourth quarter and I'm tired as hell, there's probably been times where you know, I didn't go up to that line and block the hardest I could. You know what I mean? I, I counted on my linemen to do it. 
in MMA, you don't have time. You you don't. It's, it can be fourth quarter, but you cannot put your guard down. Yeah, you will get hurt. You're, yeah, you'll you lose know? fast too. Exactly, you lose fast. <laughs> I always have this conversation with people, and you watch MMA too. Yeah, I'm an MMA fan. I'm not a diehard fan. I don't know everyone who's in each class. But what do you think about this? Like I always talk about, you take these some of these NFL players, like just a lot of NFL players. Some NBA players are like the top elite athletes that are bred in the United States, probably in the world. Yeah. What if you took someone like Cal- prime Calvin Johnson, Bob Miller, these just crazy freaks and put them in MMA? How much would a crazy just athletic ability and structure like that translate to MMA? Because, you know, I think there's a fine line of being, having that mental aspect. It's a lot of skill, right. but just that raw, just, just athletic gift that they have. It, it it would take them a long way. It would take them far. It would. Um, I, at the end of the day, it wouldn't be enough, uh, in my opinion. And I think that was the thing with me. Like, I was able to hang with a lot of good guys, um, a lot of experienced guys because of my athletic ability. I was very strong, um, pound for pound, maybe the strongest guy. Like, you know, that I, when I went up against somebody in my weight class, I would be typically the stronger one. You know, if I hit you, it's going to hurt. But my lack of experience in grappling and wrestling and getting on the floor, just, you know, I would I don't think I would have been, it would take me 10 plus years to develop those skills to be an excellent MMA fighter. So those guys, raw, they would be able to keep up for a while. But at some point, just the lack of experience. Like, I think if you are, if you grew up wrestling as a kid and you have that experience going into MMA, you have a leg up. There's yeah. no question about it. Whether you're an athlete or not, there was there was little guys who were 30 pounds lighter than me who could pin me down and keep me down because they knew leverage. They knew how to stay on top of you. They knew how to, you know, just move their body. When I would try to get up and shift, they knew where to shift and go. And they could be less athletic. They were just smart, and they were experienced. Yeah. So, you got to have a lot of that in, in, in MMA, believe it or not. So in what scenario would you recommend someone to try it? Because even myself in college, when I was like, man, I want to do something that's a mono mono sport. Yeah. I, I always, like, I, I regret not wrestling in college cause some, or in high school because so many people told me I should. And especially when I stopped playing basketball, uh, I was just, you know, lifting for or training for baseball in the offseason or, or upcoming football season. But in what scenario would you be – tell someone like around our age hey yeah go ahead and try it because there's pros and cons and i feel like a lot of cons as far as injury and are you really going to make it how far is outweighs the pros but. yeah yeah i mean i think it just depends on again how realistic they are with it like you know um you don't want to start too late if you're planning on actually if you in your mind you're like hey i want to be a ufc fighter then you probably need to be, like I said, pretty young. You want that wrestling experience. You got to get that now, yeah. um, and that takes years and years of development. So if you're in your early teens, you know, if you're, you know, yeah, if you're in your early teens, uh, teenager, this and that, maybe even later, seventeen, eighteen, like, go ahead and and give it a give it a shot. Um, now, if you're someone who's just looking for some adrenaline, looking to get in shape, for that matter, you know, go to a certified gym a place where they have experienced trainers and do it like yeah. you don't have to necessarily stop in that step in the octagon but again i mean just practicing is is thrilling it's thrilling you know you got hit gear on this and that when you got the stand-up game going and you know it's a safe environment yeah you can get hurt i got hurt i fractured my foot but that's just part of that's part of life you know you can get hurt walking across the street yeah you know anything can happen so 
Yeah, yeah. I I say that you know if you if you want to try it out, always at whatever age, don't be afraid to, you know, give it a shot. Now, the older you are, you gotta be more realistic. Like, yeah, th- this ain't you know profession. You know. So uh, the MMA is growing like crazy. Yeah. And I'm always thinking like, would you let your kids get take part in it? I would. I would. Um, you know, and I, I've, I've been thinking about that. My boys, again, I watch it a lot. Um, so as a result, they'll be around the house. They'll see me watching and watch it and want to start wrestling each other or, you know, ask me if they could do it, this and that. And I, I would. Again, I, I I coach football and, you know, nowadays I have parents, too, who talk about, like, oh, it's too dangerous and that. But, again, I'm a, of the – of the theory that you can get hurt doing anything so yeah. why not enjoy life and do it as long as they're with instructors that i trust and believe are, are doing the right things and, and preventing you know trying to prevent them to get hurt as much possible yeah, yeah. fine but and when they step in the octagon that's just that's, part that's, of a, that's it. the sport yeah. it's like do some of those dudes who are really skillful it's a skill you learned then you're a walking weapon like that's actually a good skill to have it is and it's crazy have you seen uh there's a a new league actually i don't know if it's new but it's growing in popularity, and I think YouTube's the main streamer of it, but it's bare-knuckle boxing. Oh, yeah. And they don't have any gloves on. Yeah. Like, it's, that is crazy to me. Yeah. That is crazy to me, because you go from traditional boxing, those gloves weigh, what, like six to ten ounces? Yep. MMA's what? About like two. Two. About two yeah. And then bare-knuckle's just, people don't understand, like, the yeah. difference that makes. Oh, yeah. It's- that is crazy. Those um, guys are crazy. <laughs> where, where do you think the MMA is going, though? Because, like, it's it's grown, like, cra- even just the last four or five years since Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, like, those two really put it on a pedestal. Right. Before that, who was it, like, Brock Lesnar? He was Yeah. A, uh, yeah, he made it really high. Uh, I mean, there was – it was – yeah, it's definitely grown. And, like you said, I think Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor, they're, they're just – their stardom um, took it to another level. Yeah, took it to another level. I, I and they're the really ones, the only ones that are getting serious money, getting yeah. paid like that. But I, I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh, you know, I think it kind of died down for a minute, but now I think it's coming back. I think, yeah, you know, people are really getting excited. Um, again, Connor's still making things interesting, going in the boxing world and coming back to. And they said, or Dana White said a couple of days ago he was going to fight this year. Yep, yep. I don't know who. I heard or do that. you have any idea? No, I don't. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I heard that too, and I was pretty excited about that. So yeah. that'll be a huge pay per view. But you know, I know boxing is is trying to come back, but I think MMA has just captured that audience and. It won't be going anywhere. Yeah, it's it's huge. I agree. It's just too exciting to watch. And now the uh, the women's game is is just as exciting. Oh yeah. I mean, this past what's weekend, your name? Al, Al Ber- or, uh, um, Nunes. Nunes. She is a freak. Yeah. She's a freak, dude. And watching her uh, beat Cyborg was one thing, but Holly Holm. I didn't get to see that fight, but I saw the highlights. Yeah, I watched it. That was vicious, yeah, dude. I that kick it. was she, vicious. Oh man, and. <laughs> She is very talented. Uh, she she said that she wanted to knock out Holly Holmes that way because that's how Holly Holmes typically knocks out her opponents. Yeah, <laughs> and she, she did. did it. Like that was impressive. That was again as impressive as any man's fight I've ever seen. So I think the women's game is coming up strong. Um, obviously, the man game it, it hasn't gone anywhere. So it's it's only going to get better. I think. Yeah, I agree. Let's switch gears a little bit though because let's take it back. So after you fractured your foot. Yep. Uh, you kind of found what you're going to go all in at that point. Right. So 
Explain what that was, how you came about that. Yeah, so um, when I, after I fractured my foot, um, it was, I mean, just, it was throbbing for weeks and I didn't know what was going on. Um, uh, I guess I got a pretty high tolerance for pain, but I didn't, didn't think it was broke. You know, I still walked around on it and stuff like that. But after I found out it was officially broke, the doctor was telling me, hey, you need to stay off of it for at least another month or so, maybe longer. And, uh, you know, that, so, I was like, well, I can't be stagnant for a month. I can't just sit around and do nothing. Um, but again, at that point, I was still pretty low in body weight because I was still doing American Ninja Warrior um, a little bit. And with the MMA thing, I was trying to be, you know, in like the 170 weight class. So I was still keeping my body weight pretty low. So I wasn't heavy on the weights. Um, just a lot of body weight stuff. I was running a lot and doing the MMA. So that conditioning just kept me where I wanted to be. Um, but I wasn't in the gym. So at that point it was like, all right, well, again, I can't run, I can't kick, can't really be on my feet. You know, I can get under a bench and bench press though. So why not go back to the gym and do that? So I went back to the gym and started training um, and uh, had a couple buddies in the gym just over those first few weeks. It's kind of like, hey, like, why don't you do a show, man? Why don't you try to compete in a bodybuilding show? And for the longest, and I've heard this in the past, and it was just kind of like, no, like, oh man, that's stupid. Like, I'm gonna just stand up on stage and strike some pose, like, so somebody can judge me. Like, when I lift, it's for for a purpose. Like, I'm lifting, you know, to play football, to score touchdown. Yeah. That was always my mentality, but my buddy just kept like egging and egging, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe you got a point. Like, and again, I'm somebody who's always looking for a challenge, always looking for the next thrill. Something so, to chase. Yeah, just, something yeah. to chase, and that helps me. It, having a goal helps me stay in condition. It helps me, you know, work as hard as I work. Um, so I was like, you know what? All right, cool. I'll set a goal to get on stage. And, you know, hopefully this will motivate me to stay in this gym and do what I got to do. So I, that's what I did. I picked a show up and uh, was like, hey, I'm going to go for it. And I started bodybuilding and then I fell in love with it, man. Had you have a coach for your first show or? I did not. Really? No. Yeah, no. Um, it may be a very naive um, decision or, you know, uh, just being in personal training and in the training and fitness world for so long, I was just like, oh, I could do this myself. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, I know how to diet, I know how to lift weights, like I got this. It was kind of my thought process. So how many shows have you done? I've done six shows now. Okay, because like my thing is like eventually I do want to step on stage, mm-hmm. and I agree. Like knowing what I know, I know I can get lean diet down. I guess where I would really need a coach is that like peak week. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of things that should be manipulated. Right. Like, did you have any struggles with that, or any? Did you learn anything from doing it on your own that first time? Um, I did. Oh man, I'm still learning. Like, there's a lot to learn. Um, and you know, I recently did my last show. I got my first coach, like first like full on coach my last show that I did um, this year. Um, yes, you learn a lot. I did have a buddy who competed once before. He did one show, uh, so uh, he's a trainer too. So I would go to him you know, when I could to get some training, some lifting in, we would lift together. And then he kind of guided me through um, some steps to do for peak week. And then I just read up on it a lot too. Um, at the time I was reading a lot from uh, Lane Norton. Okay. Um, uh, you can find his stuff on bodybuilding.com about how to go through a peak week and this and that so i just took a little bit from here and there from a couple different people and you know uh i played second in my first show and and, um but it well i'd say i played second in in the novice category uh which again for me i thought was good um 
the guy who beat me, he had been doing it for years. Um, you could clearly tell he's been doing it for years. And then in the open class, uh, I had some problems with my tanning. Uh, I, I, basically, I looked like a black zebra by that yeah. time. <laughs> I sweat so much that there's black streaks just running down my body. Yeah. Um, so guys that I had even beaten novice beat me in the open category because I just looked so terrible then. But again, you know, there's one thing that I learned there, you know, get the right tanning, yeah. you know, a solution, the right. But yeah, there, there's a ton that, that I learned um, through trial and error, you know, those first few shows by myself. And then even more that I learned from having a coach this time. I think at some point it's just kind of like, even as a trainer, it's hard to train yourself um, in aspects like that, especially when it comes to dieting and looking at yourself in the mirror. It's like, you know, you always are second guessing yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Where it's nice to sometimes just have somebody who knows what they're doing and tells you what to do. Yeah. Because um, when, when you're that fatigued and that tired, you know, when it comes down to peak week, it's, you don't want to do the thinking. You don't want to figure out the macros. You don't, you're like, I just wanted somebody to be like, Jesse, this is what you need to do do it yeah and i do it and you gotta trust them too yeah, exactly a lot of trust in having a coach yeah yeah well, this last show though you qualified like i, I don't know too much about the different organizations or mm -hmm. division well division bodybuilding right yep. do bodybuilding what was the last show because it was a qualifier right like so yeah so um prior to this last show um step back i was competing in um a natural federation um, here, and I was actually I'm a IP. I'm still currently an IP pro, um, so I was a pro in the natural world, um, and I did classic physique the last two years with that. And this year I went to NPC, which NPC uh, and IFBB like. Well, NPC is basically the organization that all the big guys start out at. In right, if you want to make it to Olympia, you want to compete with the guys that like Arnold did, you know, yeah, Arnold Sports okay, and, you, you know, Ronnie Coleman, all of those big names, like those guys came up through this federation, right? Once you become a pro, you are an IFBB pro. They're, they're one in the same, NPC, IFBB. Okay. Um, so this year I competed in that um, federation and I did men's body, open bodybuilding for the first time. So uh, that was super interesting. I took second um, at the show, I qualified. Um, for a national show um, and uh, basically at the national show you compete to become a pro okay yeah how was that experience was that different than the other organizations yeah, yeah it is different it is definitely different it's uh you know it's it's definitely bigger there's no question about that um there's more sponsors there's more people in the crowd uh you know it's it's just uh it's more competition. It's more competition, and you see it all around. You know, it's a ton. It's a lot of competitors. All of them are in great shape. You know, they're gonna step on stage and they're gonna give you a run for your money. So, you gotta bring your A game at this for sure. Yeah. So, if you could go back though, like I feel like we might have been in similar situations when you first decided to compete. Because, like for myself, and there's a lot of other people out there, I've been lifting bodybuilding style for quite some years and hypertrophy training i have a good foundation of muscle mm -hmm. How, what would i have to do to set myself up for the best success if i were to compete like if you could go back to yourself or at least give me advice now how do I go about choosing an organization? Should I hire a coach? What should I do with my training? What division do I compete in? How do I figure out those things? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first question you have to ask yourself is, all right, is this just going to be a hobby or do I want to make something of it? Do I want a career in it or not? Maybe even not a career. Do I want to make it like 
an excessive hobby where I can earn some money. Yeah. Um, you know, once you figure that out, then that, that'll help you out. Um, and then the second question behind that is, do I want to be natural? Am I willing to make the sacrifices to hang with the other guys who aren't? Right. Because that's that's really what sets the natural federations apart from the other ones. Is yeah. There's you know, you're going to be on stage on stage with guys who are juicing. The likelihood of you beating them isn't very likely. Yeah. Right. Unless you're just a genetic freak. Um, you know, my very first show, I was all natural. I competed in um, NPC and I placed second, as I just mentioned. So I did well. Um, was I going to beat the guy who beat me? He was doing it for years, and I'm more than positive he was juicing. There was yeah. no way I was going to beat him. Um, so you'll just have that. You can do well. Though I'm not saying you can't do well as a natural, but you got to come. You got to be realistic. At some point, there's going to come a quality of level that you just can't reach. Yeah. As a natural competitor, so if you plan on staying natural your whole time through, then you should look at the natural federations. That's that's number one because you can be competitive and you want to win. Everybody wants to win and do well, and you can make money there too. You know, um, you know, or the sponsorship possibilities won't be as large and the money won't be as large, but it's still a good atmosphere that, you know, if, if you just enjoy the sport and you love doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to whether you get a coach or not, I would encourage anybody who can afford it to get a coach. If you can, you, why not? Because there's a lot of things when it comes to peak week and when it comes to the actual diet that the average Joe just, you, you're not going to know. You're not going to know a lot of the tricks of the trade, which sound ridiculous. As a fitness guy myself, like, would you believe me if I told you, like, the night before, I would encourage you to go eat a double cheeseburger or two double cheeseburgers. Yeah. And, and, you know, psychologically, you're thinking, well, for the last four or five months, I've been dieting on chicken and rice. Now you want me to go eat two cheeseburgers and fries? Yeah. Like, I would have never done that myself. I didn't do that my first show because I was just like, that sounds, sounds crazy. Contradicting. Sounds crazy. Yeah, that sounds crazy. But it actually works, right? It helps dry you out and tighten you up. It helps fill your glycogen stores, this and that. So it, it, there is, you know, a method to the madness. But a lot of people just wouldn't know if you're doing it yourself. Even if you've been personal training. I've been personal. I was personal training for years before I did my first show. But I had no idea, like, what that was all about. Yeah. Um, or there's, you know, other methods of, like, drinking five ounces of wine you know, yeah that, i've heard of that too like for even people doing photo shoots i know some models have done it before it it, it Not you before. know it can help one relax you um when you're stressed out um that's very bad for your body as far as you know drying out and <coughs> excuse me retaining water and things like that it's it's very bad for you so one having a drink after you haven't had one for months and months is gonna relax you a little bit it's gonna get in your system but then it's gonna dry you out as well and people again they just they wouldn't understand that they wouldn't know that yeah. so these are the things that you should learn from a good coach if you if you have one um again you can do a lot of reading on it and you can experiment yourself if you're willing to do that but if you want to be successful your first time around you probably should get a coach yeah yeah. Cool. So what are you, uh, what's your next plans for the sport? Uh, so my, my plans now were to uh, put on a little bit more size, um, you know, uh, work on my symmetry. And next year, around the same time, probably in July, um, hit um, hit a national show. I'm thinking there's uh, typically the, uh, I think it's the USAs that are uh, hosted in Vegas that I'll probably do. There's four national shows throughout the year, one in Vegas, 
uh, one in New Jersey, I believe, Miami. Um, there's always shows going on, aren't there? Like, there's a lot. Oh, yeah, there's, there's shows always going on. There's only a handful or so pro qualifier shows throughout the year, okay. though. So Makes sense. my goal is to become an IFBB uh, pro. Um, I want to be a pro. I want, you know, I think, again, it's just I always want to compete with the best. I always have had that competitive spirit and, you know, to call myself a professional, you know, at that level, too would make me it made me proud I feel like I accomplished something so that's my that's my goal and I want to do it right so I don't want to just rush into it like I could probably run and do a show at the end of this year but I want to make sure I'm ready for it and that I can really compete with those guys so I'll probably take another year to to bulk up and um, hit the stage right well there's any sport that is a sport of patience it has to be bodybuilding it is you know it's just like because once you get to a point like you where you're pretty advanced you know the gains have to be pretty like small increments yeah and it's you got to spend time in an off season bringing up those muscle groups so it's not it's not an instant gratification sport you know what i mean like something like fighting would be or or, or along those lines so i don't think it's for everyone but i know there's a lot of people out there who just want to try it so yeah i think that's interesting insight because i'll definitely need you to help me out one day when i when i when i step on stage i'll be more than happy bro more Um, than happy but I want to I want to switch back gears one more time, sure. Because once you got into bodybuilding, all that happened. How old were you then? Because this was after MMA, after you fractured your foot. Yeah. Um. Ooh. So about four years ago. So twenty eight. Twenty eight, and that's when you decided to leave Enterprise and start building up your personal training business to go all in with that again, right? Uh, it was shortly after that. Um, so. Uh, I was still with Enterprise when I did my first show. Um, and then, you know, again, just that passion of getting back into bodybuilding, getting back into the gym. And that led me to start training again. And then that shifted, manifested into me like, okay, I want to really make this legit this time. Um, and I created my LLC and, you know, started working on just creating this business. And by then I was ready to shortly after um, to, to leave out. So about three years ago is when I left Enterprise. Okay, so now, because I know there's a lot of people who follow me uh-huh. who are always asking me questions regarding like entrepreneurship, starting your own business. So now I feel like we're getting into that entrepreneurship mindset. Yeah. And it's it's so, so scary just to be like, all right, I'm gonna do this, no going back. And how old were your kids at this time? Oh, so I got four kids, so. Man, I'll let you guys do the math. My oldest is 13, <laughs> uh, so she was 10. My twins are eight, right? So they were five, and my youngest is six, so he was about two years old. Wow. So or, that, I mean, yeah. I'm that's when old. you left Enterprise? That's when I left Enterprise. So if you don't mind sharing, can you explain to us, how did you, how did you build up the business? Because, like, that's a lot of responsibility. That's yeah. a lot of responsibility at that age to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. Luckily, you had past experience. You had all the training certifications. Mm-hmm. You worked for uh, Athletica and Athletic Republic. Athletic Republic, and that was good background. But, you know, it's, it's nothing like going out and being like, all right, I'm going to brand myself, Dose Athletics, your brand, yeah. and run with it. So how did you scramble to make it happen? Uh, I'll be completely honest with you, man. The stars just kind of aligned together. Yeah, um, happens a lot, but it, <laughs> yeah. explain, yeah, tell yeah. us how it happened. I was I was truly blessed. Um, as I mentioned, I was trying, I was already training a few people on the side. Yeah. Um, Cause again, that passion came back. Um, I honestly was like sick and tired of working with Enterprise. Like 
don't and don't get me wrong yeah i was i was making really good money um and i worked with some good people um, but i worked with some other people who just drove me crazy um and i had no real passion behind what i was doing i was just doing it to get a paycheck and every month i was working on trying to get a bigger paycheck that was just kind of the, that was my passion at the time when i worked there but other than that what i was actually doing i did not care about yeah um so anyway i was training some individuals um then a really good buddy of mine his name is marcus walker he uh, runs grindhouse basketball which is really big here in the in the town really big nationally now i mean he has a huge following but you know a lot of his athletes that would come to him for skills training um started coming to me for speed and agility training or strength training um so that was kind of a natural like progression for his athletes to come and see me, which helped a lot. When I told him I was ready to get back into it, he was like, all right, cool. I got you, bro. So, you know, he would tell his folks like, hey, you come and train with me like this is just going to be like college. Like you have a, a athletic trainer, a, a, you know, a, at college, you're going to have a conditioning coach at college. You're going to have a basketball coach. You come and see me for basketball. You go see him for, you know speed and agility so yeah. that's kind of that really helped get my feet wet and get me get me ramped up and started so once i started doing that and just posting on social media what i could do and what i was going to do um you know i had a free open house I, I did a couple free trainings to let people come in and test it out let their kids come in and see what they can do that helped a lot and then the other thing was just um i've always been an athlete and kansas city is where i'm from so you know, once people knew that I was getting back into this world, man, I couldn't believe how many people reached out to me via social media, Facebook, Instagram, like, hey, like, are you training again? Like, can I get a session in? Like, can I start working with you? This and that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at the time, I had always just been doing speed and agility training. But in order to, again, finance what I was doing and take care of my family, I kind of opened that realm up yeah. and started working with individuals who wanted to lose weight or just get in better shape um and uh actually become became more fond of that than i thought i ever would yeah it, it became kind of really cool to help just you know mom and pop lose weight and get in better shape and feel better about life like that was that makes me feel good you know what i mean yeah, like i'm really accomplished. yeah exactly. a lot more fulfilling yeah and it, it honestly like i said i never i for years, I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to stick with the athletes because what I know is what I like. Um, didn't think I would have any interest in it. Thought it was just maybe too slow, this and that. But I actually love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So how did you end up here? At that point, where were you training all these clients? Um, I, I started here. I ah. started Like, yeah, I started here. Um, so before I even, like, officially launched my company, I was training a few people out of here. I would also go, like, to different locations. I would go to them or, you know, we would go to the park or things like that, especially with my athletes. We would, you know, train outside and do some stuff like yeah. that. Um, but um, so this gym was run by Brad and Jen, who owned Bodies, and my wife worked with them. So I would come here and train myself. And then, you know, I would bring a couple buddies in, this and that, and I ended up talking to them about training here as a trainer. And they didn't really have any aspirations to bring on another trainer to what they had going, but they wanted to help and see me succeed. So they were like, hey, yeah, like, you can train out of here. Like, no no big deal. Like, we'll figure something out. We'll have you, you know, kind of, you know, pay rent eventually. We'll, we'll figure it out. So um, I slowly just kind of worked my way up and built my business up here. Um, with with the grace of them and so uh now you know things are like 
360. You know, now I own the gym and, yeah, and now it. other people are renting space out of here. So it's like really, it's been a lot in the last three years. Talk about stars aligning. Like, so th this is where like, I think me and Jesse cross over and how we met because I experienced the same exact thing. So what's crazy though is like, yeah, it seems like a little bit of luck when the stars align, but at the same time, because of everything you've done in the past, that's the only reason you had those networking connections, True. you know, and that all, everything you've done in the past was hard work. Yeah. So a lot of times I think a lot of entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs stories, you hear them. Yes. Everyone's story happens different. Everyone's stars line different. Everyone knows someone who might've helped them get in, but there's so much prior things that happened that even got that opportunity to present itself. So in January, uh, let's see, literally six, seven months ago, I was going to my last semester in college. Uh, I kind of had like a, not a midlife, but like a last semester crisis. Yeah. And I remember my dad telling me like, he knew I wanted to not go in the corporate world. He knew I was you know, kind of doing amp athletics, posting stuff on social media. And uh, he set me up with a plan, like a schedule. He's like, well, if you really want to see if this is gonna work and make enough money to support yourself, how about you create a schedule for yourself while you're at school and treat this like a real business with my online training and all stuff along those, those lines. So I started doing that. Took it more serious. Like you got to understand, though. At that point, I was thinking my mindset was I had four months in like a week, which is how long the semester was, to literally make something happen. Yeah. So I did not have to go get a corporate job because if it was gonna, if I, if nothing happened that happened to me, I, I don't know what I would be doing. Right. So two months later, I because I was consistent, I was getting more clientele, more income off online training, but the stars aligned for me. I got introduced to serve nutrition through a buddy. Uh, I was just mentioned to a buddy that I should meet these guys. I kept putting it off, putting it off in a class project in my school for one of my classes, which was like innovation, sustainability and quality. Yeah. We were given a project that I guess our professor reached out to local businesses or they reached out to him and they stated their top three problems that they needed consulting with. So it was kind of like an innovation consulting class. And I saw serve nutrition on the board and we had groups of five and I was my group's leader, so we had to choose one like yeah. before anyone else did. And I raised my hand right when I saw Serve Nutrition. I was like, okay, what the heck? That's really <laughs> weird. Because it yeah. was like a week ago that I was told to contact these dudes. Yeah. So then, you know, that's how I met those dudes. Went out to Kansas City, met them. I'm in with them pretty tight. I think that's a great opportunity in the future. A month, a couple weeks later, my dad, uh, so Thomas, one of the, you know, prior owners to this gym who wor worked with Jesse, um, is my cousin and we see him every so often, you know, at family events, but my dad saw him talk to him and he mentioned that there was like change in ownership, all this stuff. And they were looking to bring on trainers. And I was like, wow, this, this could be something cool too. And yeah. the location wise is perfect for me. So came out, met with Thomas. I met Jesse and Chris eventually. Um, it, it was just kind of a good timing situation. Uh, you know, a lot of people were leaving their new trainers coming in and it was for myself, it was a great opportunity, like a gym to fill it, Cause it's hard as a personal trainer, especially if you want to create content, you're not going to be able to do what we're doing right now. Right. If you try to go to Genesis, yeah. you're not going to have a turf, you know, the nice facility we do and be able to do the things we do. So when I sit back and think about it, it's like, wow, it is crazy how in January, had no idea what I was gonna do, thought that it was just gonna be a very rough ride. Yeah. And three months later, it was like the stars aligned and I saw the future clearly, but it's still, as an entrepreneur, I think you know this, like 
and I want you to explain this too, because I think to myself, right now, I, I'm getting some traction, getting some business, I'm working long hours, and I think to myself, man, like, this is awesome, I'm young, I have energy, I want to do this for 15 years, but yeah. at what point do I'm like, am I like, damn, I don't know if I can be on my feet all day doing this. Right. And right. I'm too young to even say that, but like, have you ever thought to yourself that, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, it's, um, you're gonna go it's gonna happen uh, yeah sooner or later you know um hopefully it's later but it does happen to every trainer and you know um as a trainer as a successful trainer you gotta be able to put in the time you gotta be able to grind i think you're starting to feel that just those 6 a.m classes and you start oh, yeah. taking on for us man um it gets harder and harder like um and as you get older it's just it's it's not some more that you lose passion for what it is you're doing it's just the time that you're spending doing it. it's like all day long so as an entrepreneur in this world um and now you know how things are progressing a lot is done through social media and via just the internet and the, and the computer so i think you know for me it was like what else can i be doing how what other ways of revenue streams can i make where i don't have to spend so many hours on the floor i can still want to train because i enjoy it and i'm passionate about it but there's other things i want to do so again you know owning a gym is one aspect of it you know there's a there's a lot and a lot of responsibility but like i said you can just be an online trainer and make really good money nowadays so that's another part of it you know um but yeah it's it's gonna happen so i think you know my encouragement to any trainer out there especially yourself is start to figure out other ways that you can generate revenue mm -hmm. uh, start to build a team start to build you know maybe a funnel of people that you can train and teach them how to train and they can you know make money for you while you're doing it there's 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 a lot of things you can do in this industry um but if you just think that i'm a personal train all my life and this will be it trust me at some point you're gonna hit a wall yeah. and you're gonna get burnt out and how, how do you like people get scared of becoming a trainer because they think, all right, the income is going to be like this, which a lot of times it is. Yeah, it is. But how do you get people to commit to long periods of time, or how, how do you make your income steady with your training business itself? Um, so it, it's it's not one that can necessarily be steady. Like it is going to be like this, right? Because yeah. it's just the seasons. Like people fall off one, um, but the other thing is you have these lulls in certain parts of the year right during the summer believe it or not kind of dips down right there's a lot of people as we know january 1 they have new year's resolutions so you're going to see a spike in business you're going to have people dming you people coming to the gym who are ready who think they're eager to get it and then three months later that group is going to kind of fall off and then you'll see who your steady soldiers are and they're going to go and ride it out through the summer right trying to get beach spots trying to get ready to go on vacation this and that then they go on vacation so now your clientele dips down again. Yeah. And then again, once the winter comes, it's going to pick back up a little bit. In January, it's going to spike up and go down. So you just got to know that this is going to happen. So one, you got to be financially smart with your money, right? You got to know that in the summertime, I'm probably not going to make as much as I am in January. So yeah. whatever I'm making in January, February, March, I better hold on to a little bit more of it to let it, you know, spread throughout the summer. Yeah. Um, but then again, I guess other ways of doing it is focus more of your attention in the summertime to doing online training or doing other things fitness related selling supplements or whatever it may be that can supplement that that income yeah so, and that takes a lot of work it's a it lot does. of hours we're gonna definitely do a podcast just talking about that because i so. seriously like 
you could have a lot of experience and that's yeah. something I'm trying to do. That would be a great one. So please let us know if you want to do like just a business, entrepreneurial, personal training type podcast episode. But I got three questions I want to fire at you. Uh, we'll end it off with this. Three pieces of advice, three things you want to say. So first one is um, what does it take to be a successful trainer and how, if someone's considering it, how do you make them flip the switch to be able to just turn it on and do it? I think the biggest thing you have to do um, or have is a a passion for it, a spark, a, a, a good fiery personality. Like you can be technically smart. There's a plenty of trainers that I know who they know the books, right? They scored very high on all the tests, but they don't have the personality. They don't get along with people. They don't understand what people are trying to achieve or what they don't want or what they do want. Um, and they again they they just one i think the other thing behind that is the experience right if you've been in the trenches if you've lost a ton of weight if you've been an athlete again i know some guys who they took the test they like fitness they thought they could be good at it but they don't have the passion behind it and they never been in any of their clients footsteps really yeah. so it makes it hard for them to succeed makes a ton of sense it's a lot of self auditing too you got to know you got to be self-aware too yeah. a lot of people lack that self-awareness. I think that's important. Secondly, what kind of client are you looking for right now for yourself? Why should someone hire you as their trainer? I'm looking for a client who is ready to make a change and whatever it may be. If you want to get bigger, you want to get faster, you want to lose weight, you want to become a bodybuilder. I like to work with individuals who know that this is what they want. You know, um, it, it really saddens me when I get clients who fall off um, because I know that I can help them. Um, and hopefully they do find somebody that they can really click with or relate to. Or again, it could just be a time and place. Like I said, there's people who come in for news resolutions who think they're all about it, but they're not really all about it. So I love to help people get to their goal. So anybody who's driven and ready to rock and roll, like come see me, man. I love it. Cool. Lastly, Dose Athletics, plug it, tell them what it's about briefly, and then tell us where you want to take it in the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. So Dose Athletics, man, um, is a company that I started and founded. It's, it's all about performance, whatever it may be, speed and agility, um, whether strength training, bodybuilding, or you just want to, again, reach your goals of losing weight um, or getting in shape. That's what I want. I want to help you guys reach your maximum goal. So for me, it's all about, um, it, it, it's just that. If I help you, you'll help me, right? If, if I help all of my clients succeed, I'll succeed. So Dose Athletics is just an extension of all the other fitness things, endeavors that I have, um, my gym, Active Strength Company. I wanna see both of them grow and be madly successful. Um, I'm looking to uh, add on more trainers to Dose Athletics and looking to really get Active Strength, this gym, rocking and rolling. So, I mean, again, in the next five years, hopefully I can find some great trainers like yourself to help me take this thing to the next level, take it to a, a national level where we'll recognize it's like, hey, you know, if you wanna get stronger, you wanna get faster, you wanna do anything fitness related, come see Jesse, come see Dose Athletics. Cool, yeah. uh, what's your Instagram? Instagram, um, so you can catch me personally at Jesse Jewel um, on Instagram. Uh, the business, Dose Athletics, is Dose underscore athletics, D-O-S-E underscore athletics. Facebook, YouTube, any other plugs? Yeah, Facebook, again, you can catch me at Jesse Jewel, um, Jesse Thomas, 
on Facebook. That's where I usually do most of my stuff there. And then uh, also the YouTube channel, um, it's up, but it's about to get really live. That's uh, Jesse Jewel as well, um, uh, YouTube channel, man. Please check me out. I'm gonna have a lot of great content coming up here, um, talking about getting the first season, my yacht trip that I'm going on. I'm gonna show you guys how to cut weight, how exactly I do it, what I eat, how I condition, how I lift weights to get where I wanna be. Cool. Uh, I see this dude every day, so this is not going to be the last time he's on here. And if anything, I think we have a 10,000 calorie challenge coming up. Oh, uh, we do. Yes, so yes. So that would be interesting. But if you watched all the way to this point, I greatly appreciate it. Share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe. You can catch us on Apple Music, or sorry, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play. Just search Austin Pace Amplified Podcast. Uh, leave this video a thumbs up. Please subscribe. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah, Thank you, bro. Yeah, appreciate it, bro.